Nice. 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 If you're me, then what number am I thinking of? 69, dude! <laughs> <laughs> nice! Uh, so the rest of this episode is just going to be us saying the word nice. <laughs> I know we promised you a fanfic episode, but uh, we lied. We're just going to say nice for three hours. It's our extra long episode. Nice! Should nice. we introduce nice. ourselves? It's the world's yes. number one and only Yu-Gi-Oh! podcast. Nice. And the only one that's managed to evade Kaibacord's legal team for this long. And the only podcast. The only podcast. <laughs> I'm I'm Elliot, aka the Millennial Eye. I'm Sarah, I'm... aka Nice. I'm I'm Max, aka Sword Jetman. I'm Argyle, okay. I am bitches. <laughs> God, we are all bitches today. I am Dan, aka uh Tears and Eyes Mads. <laughs> <laughs> He is here for us to all see. Uh, I oh, cannot also, wait. It's time for our special six guest host to join us. And I'm Audrey, and you're on my ship list. <laughs> oh! oh! <laughs> Incredibly mm. threatening right out the gate. <laughs> Not only is Audrey joining us for special episode 69, Sarah is joining her... Because Sarah is still running amok in the United States, in Queens, She's in Audrey's folks. home. <laughs> we can't corral her. She refuses to be contained. Yeah, here we're doing it. Hey, high five. Look at us go. We can just we can do look, this all day. Look at us. Look at us. Look at, look and, at us. And, and, hey, anime and police. there's animal control on the way to pick Sarah up right now. <laughs> you mean anime control? Oh. I do unfortunately live across the street from the largest hospital in the area, so that that makes two hosts now. <laughs> mm-hmm. I just I just whipped sadly, and I whipped joyously. <laughs> Remember when Junji Ito hit the whip? Oh God, that's so good. Can we be sponsored by Junji Ito? Uh, no, we are sponsored specifically by his sick whip. Oh, you mean the yes. engineer in Death Stranding? God. Yeah, what's that, everybody's Kojima name? <laughs> uh, We're like not Kojima talking about name. that. Can we start the show? <laughs> we need to start the show. Need it. Dude, dude, you guys, I'm so hungry. We have to start the show. Yeah. So we, we threatened our listeners into writing stuff for us, and they did it, surprisingly. Uh, but first, I think we, be- I believe we wanted to open with a discussion on shipping, specifically like Yu-Gi-Oh!'s weird history with ship names. You guys, uh, I... Th- I- Oh, yeah. Sorry, Dan. No, no. I just wanted to say, uh, Elliot and apparently also Audrey, as we found out before recording, are experts on this specific branch of weirdness. Well, back when I, back when we had, like, it was, like, the summer and we were taking a week off because we, like, all had depression. Um, we, I, I, I did pitch an episode, a short episode where I just talk about, like, fandom lore 
and I wrote like a bunch of shit for it and then just never got around to actually finishing it. But I've got like a solid page and a half of just like bullshit about why the ship names are kind of the way that they are. Yeah. Take it away, Professor. You're not great folks. Okay. Are Professor Elliot's about to take you on a ride. I Wait, what? Are we are we allowed to say your last name? I can't remember if this has been established yet. Yeah, dude, that's I I don't give a fuck. Okay. Like, whatever. Everybody in my life knows I have a Yu-Gi-Oh podcast. It doesn't <laughs> matter. If my gover if my government job fires me for having a Yu-Gi-Oh podcast, I'll face God and walk backwards into the Shadow Realm. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, as I said, take a right, right, Professor. Let's Evans. see. All right. Uh, let's see. I've got it just literally written down, like, word for word. I'm just gonna be reading off a page for, like, two minutes. Uh, let's see here. Take my hand and come learn about how people talked about children's card games in the early days of the World Wide Web. With me, Professor Elliot. My fight or flight just activated. Oh, yeah, it should. Uh, I... I had pitched the special episode as simply a list of my least favorite Yu-Gi-Oh! ship names, but then, <laughs> I couldn't help but wonder, why are all the names like that? For those that haven't been reading Yami Kaiba fanfiction for 15 years like some podcast hosts, allow me to provide examples of what I mean. Fandoms have traditionally in indicated relationships in their works as simply character 1 in either the slash or an X, character 2. This makes the content easy to search for, and for newcomers, very clear about what they're clicking on. What a concept. Yu-Gi-Oh! fandom took a look at that system and said, hold my beer. We have got... Pride shipping, Yami Kaiba, rival shipping, Yugi Kaiba, flare shipping, Yugi Yami Kaiba, polar shipping, Joey Mai, wish shipping, Joey Yugi, puppy shipping, Joey Kaiba, revolution shipping, Yami Teya, puzzle shipping, Yami Yugi... Uh, Azure Shipping, Kaibatea, Heart Shipping, Yubiki Bakura, vis Vision Shipping, Maya Shizu, Feather Shipping, Yugi Yami Joey, the list goes on and on and on. Really. The most comprehensive list currently tries to convince us that there are 520 discrete relationships that people give a fuck about in this show about a children's card game. As you said all of those names, my skin started, like, sloughing <laughs> off my face. Uh, yeah, it's because you're weak, and you won't survive <laughs> the winter. And proud of it. Over 500 is a lot of ship names. From my memory, and Elliot, you may correct me if you're looking at this this list, the ship with the largest number of people has eight. Seven? Seven or eight? I think I, 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 I think I was looking at one that was just like, like couples and three. I don't want to say threesomes because they're all teenagers, but like three. Thruples. Triads. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, obviously there's infinite combinations and I probably, like, yeah. I just, uh, yeah, I looked through a few, but I was afraid to go deep. But I did, I did actually go kind of deep. Uh, let's get back to how such a convoluted naming system caught on in the first place. I'll begin with the long answer. And Audrey, feel free to just chime in whenever you have more info, because I, uh, this is, I, I don't have a great answer. <laughs> sure. It seems like this phenomenon began in either the X-Files or the Pokemon fandom in the late 90s. The general consensus that I found is that people started referring to Jesse and James as rocket shipping because 
it's a funny joke. Oh, like a funny rocket. Ha-ha. As to why the yeah, like a funny like because they're funny team rocket. Hmm. I like it. As to why the Yu-Gi-Oh fandom picked up on it, who knows? Same time period, maybe a newer fandom copy- copying a more established one. The answer may be buried in a defunct Angel Fire site drifting aimlessly through the internet purgatory, but until the day it's unearthed, this is the short answer. I don't know, Chief. What I can tell you is this. People are animals. And the bored teenagers that I assume created the monstrosity that is the Yu-Gi-Oh! Master Shipping List are the most feral of them all. The oldest I can trace the list back to is a page on 7th-star.net dating at 2007. The page also mentioned an even earlier list born on the Shadow Realm online forums, which seem to be long abandoned. I refuse to dive any deeper, as I'm starting to believe some information should simply stay lost. Also, yeah. I'm afraid of my soul getting trapped in the forums. Yeah, please save yourself. Yeah. Uh, anyway, the list has made the rounds over the years, popping up on... Professor, we have a question from the audience, or from the hosts. Um... Please. So, um, Elliot did correctly identify the origin of this particular shipping culture as being rocket shipping. Um, Pokemon is one of the only other fandoms that continues to do ship names like this to this day. So, what you have here, what you have here with Yu-Gi-Oh and Pokemon, and this very interesting thing is you have these two um, anime that are old both old and enduring both of these are especially talking about the dual monsters uh anime which is quite old um and still um pretty regularly you know content is still being fairly regularly created for it you have these two shows that came over to the united states at the same time and more than that were on the same block of time on kids wb oh Oh, so they I watched them on Cartoon Network, shit. but yeah. So yeah, they dude. they came over in let's see, it's it's twenty years ago, because I was eight. <laughs> um so so we're talking like ninety-eight, ninety-nine. They come over and they're on Kids WB's Saturday morning cartoon block. They are on within the same two hours of each other. I don't think they were back to back, but within the same two hours of each other had several of the same voice actresses um, and voice actors. For example, the original voice actress of Meowth. I think you guys have talked about this. Yeah, yeah. You know. It, yeah. Yeah, Maddie right, Blaustein. Maddie Blaustein was... was uh, yeah, Solomon, I guess, in the English, right? That's, that's his English name. So, uh, so you had these two, because of their proximity to one another, the fan crossover mm-hmm. was massive. You had a huge number of essentially tweens. Um, yeah. Who... So, so what you're saying is that as well as being a Yu-Gi-Oh podcast, we're also technically a Pokemon podcast. <laughs> I mean, we have Max on, so we are a Pokemon it's, podcast. Yeah. Just yeah. yeah. And and Sarah, you rate a Pokemon every week. I regularly have to use Bulbapedia to research voice actors. <laughs> yeah, Bulbapedia is no, one of Bulbapedia our most extensive sources like, of information. Someday I strive to be like on my bullshit on the level of the Bulbapedia wiki. Like, th- they've got it even though, all. Even though they refuse to recognize that Toucanon is a Toucan. <laughs> Don't even get me started. 
Uh, nobody asked. Speaking <laughs> of getting started, let's continue on with the history of weird Yu-Gi-Oh! ship names with Professor Evans. Thank you. Uh, that was, that's basically all I've got. Uh, the next part of it was just, uh, was basically just me. I was going to do a shout out to, um, because the list is like 20 years old, there are some, like, there are some ship names that use some maybe like terms or have some ideas that we're not like really trying to do anymore. Mm. Like, a dark Audrey shout and out. I were talking. Yeah, Aud- Audrey and I were talking um, off mic about how what was the ship? It was y- American Yami Mary. Yeah, right? bronze shipping. Yeah, bronze shipping, which is it's bronze shipping because they both have bronze skin. Uh, you love to I just lost it. three years of my life. Where was I? Um, but any anyway, uh, the Tumblr Yu-Gi-Oh that's Y G O dash D M dash Shippings dot list or dash list dot Tumblr dot com. That's a mouthful, I know. But they are they have taken it upon themselves to um take like outdated or like weirdly racist names and just simply rename them. Which I like to see. So I think they changed like psycho shipping oh, yeah, to something psycho shipping. else too, which is cool. I don't remember what psycho shipping is. I just remember they changed it. Yeah, psycho shipping was um, yummy. Malik yeah. Yummy so anyway, that, and that's where. Yeah. Yeah, that's where I. That's where cool. I was no. like poking around doing some research, and I. I you know what? I like them. So shout out, shout out to you guys for doing the Lord's work like twenty years later. Elliot, is that the is that the blog, is that the blog also that ch- like uh, changes them, but also like gives what they can presume is the history of it? Yes. Yeah. So they they do this extra thing, which I really appreciate is, and they go in and they try to be like for especially for like names that aren't as obvious. They're like, why, why was this what was decided for this ship? And actually try to to figure out where it was first used and, um, like, why it it was used in that way. It's it's actually kind of pretty interesting stuff if you're into Yu-Gi-Oh! DM deep lore, which, mm. Here we are. I actually, I, I extremely am. Can I, um, before I end my, um, segment, can I hit you with some of my very favorite ship names. Ooh, I can't wait what, to hear what's on your list. Yeah, no, yeah, and these aren't, like, ships that I like. These are just, I like, the names are good. So we've, so we've got Cryptic Shipping, which is Odeon and Shadi, and I just like to think about that. Oh, okay. It's a good name. Um, drama Shipping is Joey and Mako Tsunami. God, um, I like that. Yeah, I like, right. I like. I like this one is my favorite. It's drive shipping and it's Merrick and Mai because they're the only ones who know how to drive. <laughs> I really, I really so good. Really like that. Um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, oh, actually, this one might be my favorite. It's uh, Feral Bakura and Shoddy, and the ship name is Invalid Shipping. Oh, they, they are not valid. Shoddy, they're they are not valid. Um, and then, oh yeah, and then I just also like Twisted Chipping, which is Pegasus and Shoddy, because it's like a funny joke. The funny Twisted! Mm, kind of twisted um, on this one. Nice! Mm-hmm. Pegasus is tricky. Actually, I lied. I said, dri- 
I said drive shipping was my favorite, but my favorite is actually Joey is actually the shit name for Joey and Odeon, which is stand shipping because they Cause... had to because yeah. whoever stands up first, oh and also because God. they both have stands like in JoJo, um, they yeah. just don't show that in Jill. Joey's yeah. a JoJo. Joey is a. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Also, um, for some reason, there's a um, Rabid Merrick X Dark Magician Girl ship name, and it's joint shipping, hmm. which is funny because it's like weed. funny weed. Anyway, oh, nice. uh, that's how all professors should end their lessons. <laughs> it's just by saying if, if just just by saying what, what if it was if about it was weed? A funny weed. Thank you. Professor Evans, round of applause. Mm. Thanks for coming to my TED Talk. Thank you, Elliot. Thank you, Elliot. Uh, can we put a link to that one Tumblr blog in the show yeah, description? Yeah, just... yeah. I'll... Cool, cool, cool. I'll, I'll spell it in here. Yeah. I also I want to <laughs> say I do love that the Pokemon uh, community does that to this day, just keeping the old ways alive. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's like, yeah. it's the meme of the two muscle arms grabbing each other, like Pokemon Yu-Gi-Oh! Inscrutable ship yeah, names. Yeah, 100%. Mm. It, it is it is fascinating like what things don't fade in time it's like it'd be very e- much easier on everyone if you'd stop doing this but we're not going to because fuck you <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. If, but we refuse we're gonna make things please stop hard doing on this I, no. I am i am trashy i am messy i promise yeah. i will never change hey, out of all the villainous plans that team rocket have come up with the one to fuck up ship names for these two fandoms eternally is the only one that seems to have succeeded yeah right. <laughs> oh my god, Thank you're you so too, right. Yeah. That that comic, that Tumblr post that's like, that's like, grow, learn from your mistakes, learn to apologize, forgive others, and then the comic of the person jumping out the window like, never eat some hummus. That's Yu-Gi-Oh and Pokemon. <laughs> hey, do you want to read some fan fiction? <laughs> Start a band yeah. with your roommates. Sure. Uh, so, uh, I I assume let's do this one first. Uh, this fanfic it was submitted by. Friend and fan of the show, Morg, uh, at Haunting the Morg, I believe, on Twitter. Uh, uh, yeah, that sounds right. Yes, uh, this fanfic is titled Ashes. Ashes. They took the urn with ash in it and started drawing it out. They started mumbling to themselves before hearing a quick, quick rap on the door. Cursing, they threw a blanket over their design, knowing they'll have to fix it later carefully blacking, backing away from the blanket, they step over to their apartment door and force a polite smile onto their face. Opening the door, the smile falls slightly. Oh, uh, hey Kaiba, I can't duel today and I took off work. They're cut off as Kaiba quickly shoves something to their chest without a word. Before even looking down, they feel the sharp points and angles of the Millennium Puzzle in their hands. They blink a few times, trying to register what this means. He's not happy. Kaiba mumbled, sounding more unsure than Yugi had ever heard him. I don't know how to bring him back. He doesn't have a body. He, he can't be brought back. Yugi said automatically, reciting the words that they'd read the past few weeks. We would need to make a body for... They cut themselves off. Er, I mean, hey, I'm trying to move on too. Kaiba squints at them suspiciously. You've looked up how to bring him back. This wasn't a question. They bit their lip, debating whether to lift up the blanket by their feet or not. They look down to it, and Kaiba follows their eyes, noticing some of the ash not covered up by the blanket. 
He lifts it up against Yugi's protests and feels a cold shiver run down his spine as he looked at the strange, somehow undisturbed pentagram with various hieroglyphics and the points of the star in interwoven in the circle around it. Kaiba gritted his teeth. Frustrated, he could still read it, despite most of this bullshit being over for years at this point. Uh, well, except for his bi-monthly excursion to Siara, but that's neither here nor there. Yugi quickly dropped to their knees, pleading. Fuck, please, don't don't tell Lumex about this, or any of my friends. I, I, I knew, I just, I knew you've been seeing him, and I... Moto, shut up for a second. Didn't you hear me? Yugi's jaw snapped shut, and Kaiba's previous words came back to them. Wait, he told you that he wasn't happy? You didn't just, like, interpret that? And this. Kaiba let out an uncharacteristic snort before reeling his amusement in and replying, More like I had to work it out of him. He hates that his only connection to this world is me. At this, a bitter emotion flickered through Kaiba's eyes before settling back into stoicism. Yugi noticed and had the urge to reach out their hand to touch his shoulder. Their hand, which was now hovering awkwardly above their head, dropped. I'm sure that he likes to see you, Kaiba. Seto. Kaiba paused, as if not sure he himself said anything. He calls me Seto now. He looked down. You can too. Kaiba, I'm not... I know. His face was set in a determined line. I challenge you still, don't I? Even with my trips to see him... I know you're different, I... At this, his determination faltered, but he kept going. I wanted to... apologize for calling you his vessel before. He huffed. You've more than proven that. He paused. Yugi... Yugi, what the hell is this stuff made of? Sweat dripped down their back. Oh... You know, dirt. They laughed awkwardly. Thanks for the apology. I'm I'm not sure that's... I'm sure that's not easy for you. Why do I doubt that's... Hey, you, I burnt more of those cards. Are you sure this will bring... Fuck! <laughs> Joey stepped through the still open door, face in the bag of what was presumably card ash, not paying attention to where he was going. He bumped into Kaiba's shoulder and nearly dropped the bag in surprise. He looked back and forth between Kaiba and Yugi. What the fuck is happening? Alright. And that's the end. (laughs) Thank you, Morg. Thank you, Morg. Thank you, Morg. (laughs) Yeah. Morg, who knows my my fucking secret ass. This episode is basically just Elliot's phylactery. Yeah. God. This whole episode is like my fucking horcrux. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Your soul is being ripped apart and placed in in these fanfics. Each fic with each fic with Yugi and Oriyami calling Kaiba Seto in it is like where a piece of my soul resides. Yeah, yeah. Elliot <laughs> Elliot posted a very powerful pair of images in our Ace Attorney chat <laughs> the other day. In our Ace Attorney chat because it is, uh, I mean, we're on the fan fiction episode. I can be on my bullshit for a minute. Ace Attorney AU is still going really fucking good, you guys. Um, I still haven't really written a whole lot more of it, but I've gotten very into pixel sprite editing. Just also, Elliot own. found out that uh, dual <laughs> the dual link sprites. Every character has a blushing sprite. Oh, yes. 
<laughs> they do, buddy, and I've already I'm already making use of them. Don't fucking worry about it. Yeah. I will never write defeat. a word of an actual court case. Truly defeat Elliot now. I you will... must uh you must um dox several GeoCities <laughs> websites. <Yeah. laughs> God. And uh Angel whatever. Yeah, it was. Or I cannot die. You have to go to Media Miner and destroy Media Miner once and for all. <laughs> Do the world a favor. Oh I am yeah, very okay. glad I don't know what that is. Wait, Elliot, did you submit a card uh, respect for this yourself? Uh, it, no, because I couldn't abide by our simple rules, unfortunately. Um, which were uh, two thousand word limit was no bummers. Oh, no, one of them oh. was no bummers, <laughs> and unfortunately, I don't have any part written right now that adheres to that by any stretch of the imagination. Valid and fair. <laughs> because the most the most fun parts to write were like the ones where they're all were like one of them is sadly talking to the other of them in prison. Okay. I don't. Wanna, I I did get to read a piece um, of card lawyers. Hey, look at Ace Attorney, dude. I did get to read a piece of card lawyers Lawyer. writing about like a week ago. Is it's very good. Hmm. Our next fanfic was written by a friend of the show, Dirk Dammit, and it is titled "All the Small Things." Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All the small things by Dirk Dammit. Hey guys, this is my first fanfic, so please no flames. Colon three. I don't own Yu-Gi-Oh, so please don't sue me for kids. Oh, whoa. Thank you, Dirk. <laughs> oh, whoa. Chapter one. The bell rang. <laughs> the bell rang in Mr. Pegasus's third period English class. Er, off with you now. The silver-haired professor barked to his class. Next period was lunch, and Yugi Moto was starving. He sat down at a table with his best friends, Joey, Kaiba, and Blaze. I don't think Mr. Pegasus likes me, said Joey, his sharp blonde hair cutting across his face. He gave me an F. You wrote an F paper, said Kaiba, glaring daggers from underneath his brown fringe, finally back to normal after the time he let Blaze convince him to bleach it. Kaiba, what have I told you about being mean to Joey? Asked Blaze, his bright blue spiked hair shooting off in five directions. In between two of them was the strap that connected to his eye patch. He wore a modified Domino City High School uniform with one sleeve torn off and had an X-shaped scar on his forehead, which is currently dormant. Thanks, Blaze. The relationship really has improved a lot since you transferred here from England, said Yugi through a star-shaped haircut. Sorry, babe. I just got carried away, Kaiba said to his boyfriend, Blaze. Thank you for reading my first... This is me. This is Dirk speaking through me. Thank you for reading my first chapter. What did you think? Just wait till you see what happens next, Quinky face. All right, chapter two. All the small things, true care, truth brings. Yugi Omoto walked through the hallways of Domino City High School, listening to his favorite small song, Fuck. All the Small Things by Blink-182 on his Apple iPod, a band that Anzu told him about. He was running late to Miss Isis's Egyptian mythology class and had to hurry up. I'll take one lift, your ride. Best trip. Hey, dweeb. It was Keith, the transfer student from America. He was the captain of the ba- the basketball basketball. He was the captain of the basketball team, the Domino High Obnoxious Celtics. Where's your friend Joey? I'd like to pay him back for last time. Always, I know you'll be at my show. 
Kids Banditsky, go to class! A booming voice shook the hallways. It was Principal Grandpa. Keith sulked and glared at Yuki. You went this time, Twerp, but watch out! Said the basketball jersey to Behemoth. Yugi wasn't scared of Keith. Sure, he could beat Yugi's body up, but body bruises heal. Bruises on your heart, though? That's the real bully. Watching, waiting. I don't actually know this part. No, yeah, yeah, you got it right. Commiserating. Yeah. You too, Yugi! Said the prince. <laughs> Say the line, Bart. <laughs> Say the Say principal. <laughs> <clears throat> said the principal, who was also his grandpa. <laughs> oh, man. Alright, this is Dirk speaking through Max's body once more. Oh, whoa, what's going to happen next? Sorry, this chapter took so long to get out. I wanted to make sure it was perfect. I appreciate most of the reviews I've gotten because most of you have agreed to be constructive and not flame. So to those who have done that, thank you very much. Some of you, though, Starfire X Robin Girl 92, for instance, really need to chill <laughs> out. Me. You're embarrassing yourselves. Anyway, I took some writing classes anyway, so those people shouldn't even have anything to complain about anyway. Chapter 3. And that is why Ancient Egypt was really cool. Oh, hello, Mr. Moto. You've decided to join us. Said Miss Isis, her burning eyes gazing into Yugi's soul as he stood there at the door. Looking into her eyes, Yugi saw a lot of things. Anger, of course. But behind that, he saw a burning red passion for teaching mixed with fear of failure and worry for him and his failing grade. Yes, Miss Isis said the five-foot-nothing high schooler. Hey, Yugi, <laughs> your hair is dumb. Said a kid with glasses and a bowl cut. William Weevil Underwood was the transfer student from Bugtown, Switzerland. Having moved here three months ago, his sky-blue hair and shocking fashion sense made him the local heartthrob among his peers. <gasps> Damn right. Weevil, you will never understand true intelligence and beauty by using put-downs. Said a buttery, smooth, baritone voice behind Yugi. It was Yami Yu-Gi-Oh, Yugi, the recent transfer student from Egypt. Sorry, that's all for now. Somebody stole my computer. What that's, an excellent yeah, fanfic. Y'all, that was a preview of what my voice is going to sound like nice. when I get on yes. over the summer. So. Dirk, that... Thank you, oh. Dirk. Thank you, Dirk. That was absolutely delightful, okay. Dirk. I, oh my Wait, gosh, can was, I take a moment I, to talk about so some glad. Audrey Yu-Gi-Oh dark yeah. lore mm -hmm. that oh. this has dug up? Uh -oh. <laughs> oh, absolutely. So, uh -oh. being a 13-year-old on the internet into Yu-Gi-Oh, I did, as every 13-year-old on the internet into Yu-Gi-Oh did, and I made this story, but I did it sincerely, essentially. Mm -hmm. um, so, we were full... The, the, the highlights good, included 8th Millennium Item. Uh-huh. What uh, was of course, it? What was it? Um, I think it was a bracelet. Oh, okay. Oh. Funny if it was a necklace. It was either like a bracelet oh, no. or like a wand, like a magic. It was bad. Yeah. It, it doesn't matter what it was. It was bad. Um, me. I like it. Oh my god, the Millennium Hot yeah. Topic armband. The Millennium Choker. The Millennium Wait, Jelly Bracelet. Um, yeah. <laughs> silly band. Millennium yeah, Silly Bands. Um, other highlights was me not knowing the difference between Buddhism and Shintoism. <laughs> and... oh. Oh. oh my god! We have, um, we have all been there. Saying that she worked, <laughs> like my OC worked at a shrine. And I was mm -hmm. like, yeah, but a shrine. But like, That's so and she did she speak ancient <laughs> Egyptian? She may have. Yeah. I think she probably did. I put it up. 
Which she learned I from got... the Buddha from working at the right, shrine. Right, from the Buddha. Um, <laughs> for, at the Shinto, at the Shinto, Shinto shrine. Yeah, he's um, not Egyptian. Yeah. Sorry. I put it up. Two hours later, I had two of the most critical reviews oh I've ever seen tearing it, rightfully tearing it to pieces. Just, like, absolutely tearing this thing to shreds, being like, are you kidding me? An eighth item, like, they're not, Shintoism and Buddhism are not the same things, like, I know you're tr- like oh what you're God. trying to do here, and it's like you're setting up a love triangle or with like the OC. It's not good, and I was like, and I just like sort of sadly deleted it, and then oh, pretended no. it never happened. <laughs> and that's what shaped you into and the now, person you are today. I haven't told anyone about that, so now I get to declare it on the podcast. <laughs> Thank you, Audrey. Um. Oh, oh yeah. I love that. <laughs> Taking responsibility by Castplay on AO3. Sorry for doxing you. Uh, summary. Ever since the virtual world, Mokuba's been trying to find the right time to apologize for something. When Seto seems intent on working on his new dual disc well into the night, Mokuba has to do something to get him to go to sleep. Notes. For the Pot of Greed, episode 69. Nice. 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 Fan- nice. 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 Fan fiction competition. <laughs> nice. Colonel. It's nice. Mokuba toyed with the card locket around his neck, clipping it and unclipping it over and over again. It was a bad habit, he knew, and would probably break the cheap metal someday. He forced himself to let it go and stuck his hands in his pockets. Seto had been in his office for hours now. Sorting out the new board of directors for Kaibacorp was no mean feat, especially after the hullabaloo from the attempted buyout by Industrial Illusions. Our former sponsor. That wasn't in the pick, I just wanted to say it. The unexplained absence of the previous board probably didn't help attract people to the positions either. Mokuba breathed out a sigh of relief yet again at Seto and Yuki's efforts in the final duel against the Big Five in the virtual world. I'm and sorry. Had been no, that's I. I feel like it adds to like oh, no, the getting closer. overall of this episode. Honestly, <laughs> the lookout. The five-headed dragon had been so strong, and it was only the combined strength of Yugi's blackluster soldier and Seto's blue eyes ultimate dragon that had been enough to slash and burn that hydra. But that brought them back to the now. Seto said that he would be done by eight. It was now ten. Mokuba shifted in his chair outside Seto's office. Usually he would just walk in, but he held himself back today. He reached down and pulled a folder out. Flipping it open, Mokuba's eyes widened. He had seen the readings before, many times in fact, but he just couldn't believe them. Seto might claim that Egyptian god card was just a buzzword meant to show how powerful Obelisk the Tormentor was, but the readings were just off the charts. The dual computer Seto had used Obelisk against the previous day was offline, and it seemed like it would be a write-off. What sort of dual monsters card could do that? Mokuba ran a pencil down the equations he had done, calculated from the readings, and checked them yet again. The answer remained the same, but Mokuba was distracted. His stomach growled. Seto must be hungry by now, too. They had gotten used to going hungry before they were adopted. Oh. But for Mokuba, this seemed worse somehow. He could walk into Seto's office anytime he wanted and drag him out to a restaurant, but he hadn't. Mokuba closed the folder and slipped it back in his bag. There was no use trying to distract him. He needed to confront what happened with the virtual world. 
said it would vanished into the simulation, hadn't responded in days, and the Big Five were closing in. So Mokuba had gone to the best duelist he knew of, apart from Seto, of course. Yuki and friends had followed him into the virtual world for someone that they had every reason to despise. Seto had been horrible to them in Duelist Kingdom, and before that. Of course, Mokuba had had a share of megalomania from the sudden fortune they had access to. He would never know what he had been thinking when he decided to wear that cape. There was no use. Mokuba had to talk to Seto about it. He stood up, grabbing his bag, and approached Seto's office door. He took a breath and raised a hand to knock. The sound reverberated around the empty corridor. Who is it? Seto's voice came from inside the room. Still unsure, Mokuba pushed the door open a bit, enough to fit his head through. Seto was at his computer, typing. Uh, Seto? It's me. He said nervously. Mokuba? Seto looked up in What confusion. are you doing here still? I was waiting for you, big brother. Mokuba said. Well, oh, well, you can go on without me. You said you're going to finish up at eight. I'm nearly finished. I just need to work out the bugs. Seto said, gesturing at the massive circuitry beside him. With these changes, there won't be any need for a retractable card unit. Oh, the dual disc mark too. Mokuba realized. With these, there will be no need for those horrendous industrial illusions arenas. Seto said, smirking. And to think, it was Pegasus himself that set me on the path to creating them to counter that eye of his. Yes, big brother. Mokuba said, trying not to let a prickle of annoyance slip through in his voice for being told some permutation of this fact for what must be the hundredth time. He sighed. But you should come home and rest. Have some dinner. What time is it? Seto glanced at the time in the corner of his monitor screen. It's only ten. I'll be finished soon. You said you'd be finished at eight. Mokuba said, pushing slightly in his tone. I know. I know, Mokuba. Seto said. But I just need to get this done. Mokuba didn't respond. He knew what Seto was like when he got like this. His brother may be dedicated, but more often than not, that usually translated to stubbornness. Only a real shock would snap him out of this. If it was to ensure that Seto got to bed at a, at least a semi-reasonable hour, he could say what he had been so nervous about since the virtual world. I'm sorry I got Yugi to come rescue you from the virtual world, Mokuba said. He had known, when his brother went missing, that the thing he would hate most would be Yugi, his arch-rival, showing up to rescue him. Mokuba? Seto said, almost stunned. He was looking past the computer at Mokuba now, the first time he had done since Mokuba entered the room. I knew you'd hate it if he were the one to rescue, but I was so worried, big bro. Mokuba said, chin quivering. It was horrible. You were gone, and the big five were trying to seize company assets. Like there was already drawing up plans to reopen the weapon plants. Mokuba. Seto stood and spoke as he rounded the desk. You're absolutely correct that I despise Yugi and his lackeys. Being rescued by them was possibly the worst day of my life. Well, maybe let's not go that far, Seto. Mokuba thought. Seto approached Mokuba and crouched down in front of him. But even if I hated every moment of it, it was absolutely the right thing to do. Seto said, looking very serious. Wait, what? I'm saying you made- I'm saying that you made the right call, Mokuba. He said. A call I don't think I could have made. Mokuba blinked, taken aback. So, you're not angry? 
Mokuba asked tentatively. If I'm angry at anyone for the virtual world incident, I'm angry at myself. Seto said, and he set a hand on Mokuba's shoulder. Mokuba, I trust your judgment. Seto. Mokuba said, trailing off at a loss for words. Which is why you're the only one I trust to run the tournament I'm putting together. The tournament? Mokuba asked. But you only just got back to running Kaiba Corp. Surely you can take some time to rest? Resting is for the likes of that dog, Wheeler. Seto said, and continued. On paper, it's a tournament to advertise the new dual discs, but with an anti-rule I can use to gather Obelisk's comrades. You're doing all that for some cards? Mokuba said, kind of stunned, but also... That did sound exactly like his brother. You've seen the readings from Obelisk. Imagine what I could do with three of these Egyptian god cards in my deck. Seto said, standing up. Which is why you have to run it. I need to make sure that I win the gods fair and square, otherwise Yugi will get all uppity about it. Are you sure about this? Me? Running a tournament? Look around you, Mokuba. There's no one else at Kaiba Corp that could run it, and I would trust no one to run it besides you. You really mean that, don't you, Seto? Mokuba asked. Of course I mean it, Mokuba. Seto said. You're the person I trust most of all in the world. Big brother! <laughs> Mokuba shouted, hugging his brother around the middle. Seto's hand came to rest on his shoulder again. Mokuba felt Seto turn in place to look at the abandoned electronics on his desk. Let's go home. Seto said. Right. Mokuba let go, Seto started to walk out of his office, and Mokuba followed closely behind him. Seto would never admit it, but Mokuba swore he heard his stomach growl too. Can we get Yakisoba on the way home, big bro? He asked. Sure thing, Hoki. <gasps> that was really good! Cass, thank you! One last Mookie coming in there like a bullet to my heart. Yeah, Thank that's the, the cherry yeah, on top. Like, sorry, I can't podcast anymore because I'm like hovering <laughs> ten feet above my body, and my brother won't stop coming into my room. This kills the man asking me if he can eat my English. My heart is full. I can't lift myself up off the floor. The Kaiba brothers are real strong in my friends. They, they are. are. I'm not immune to them. <laughs> we not. We are all <laughs> not immune to the who, Kaiba brothers. Who among us? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I believe we have one more submission. I believe we have one more submission. We have one more submission, Elliot. Audrey just brought me a figurine of uh, Bakura dabbing. Yeah. Okay. He is dabbing. The thing about it. Oh my will god. You post, will you post a pic of that, please? He's in I, the draw I, I, position. I him dab. No, but the thing is, no, no, turn him wrong. Turn him, turn him wrong, so I can see him dab. Oh yeah. He, yeah, he I do. Sarah's taking it as yeah. we speak. I'm taking it, and you will see why I said this is a dabbing man. Well, take him, take him from the front as well. My favorite part is his bleeding arm. I think that's a oh really nice, God. really nice detail that they got in that there. Is, oh God, that's a oh good my goodness. touch. You, you mean his like his like orange juice bandage? Let's see this. <laughs> oh, he is dabbing. He is Damn, large Bakora. It is. This was. He was. <laughs> the ninety dollars. The joke of Bakora. Large. Ninety. Put him back and display our setup. Damn. <laughs> yeah. Don't touch him. <laughs> yeah. Don't touch. Uh, 
I mean, I will say, yeah, money this well worth. A, oh, yeah, just a little close up on the uh, on the bloody bandage there. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so, so, sorry for that distraction. We can resume. Uh, I also have I also have my twentieth anniversary twenty fifth anniversary Dark Side of Dimensions Yugi Yugi statue here. <gasps> ne- oh, never cool. apologize for distracting us uh, with the man of Bakura. There he is. <laughs> oh, what a what a setup! I like the the three lacrosse hands. Yeah, just, like, here we go, slammed baby. in the background. Oh my god. <laughs> Oh no! Disgusting! Our fourth and final fanfic for for the night is a was written by friend of the show Jordan Canning, uh, aka Breakfast, aka Breakfast, this hot pink bitch. and it is titled Game Night. It was game night at Chateau de Pegasus, and Croquet had just finished setting up the evening's festivities. The lean cuisines had been microwaved and plated on to fine porcelain. The box wine poured into Maximilian's <laughs> finest crystal. On the table was an unassuming box, the stage for what was shaping up to be a tumultuous evening. Max will be here soon. Croquet. Oh, sorry. Who's doing croquet? Uh, oh, yeah, me. I. That's, yeah. That is it. Okay. <clears throat> How does Croquet sound? He's like, hmm, yes, sir. Yes, okay. I'm, I'm like, hmm, yeah, we'll make it up. <clears throat> hey, it's me, Croquet. <laughs> hey, yeah, I'm Croquet. I say things. Okay, I'm here. Ready? Five, three, two, one. Max will be here soon. Croquet thought to himself, beginning to unfurl the cardboard. Pegasus always insisted on dual monsters on game night, save for the one time he shook things up with some dice game at the behest of a strange young man. Tonight, however, was Croquet's turn to pick. Tonight, they played Monopoly. Many people didn't know this, but Croquet was a Monopoly world champion. He had full command of the board whenever he played. With his trusty top hat at his fingertips, the properties would fall one after the other and cash would roll in like the evening tide. He'd never been defeated before, and he wasn't planning on being defeated tonight. But there was more to the game than simple victory. He would stop at nothing short of conquest. Conquest over a certain man's heart. Maximilian Pegasus. He breathed a heavy sigh. He'd been head over heels in love with that man for as long as he could remember. On his fateful game night, Croquet would finally confess his true feelings toward the Industrial Illusion CEO and his boss. He finished setting up the board, save for the chance cards. Those would be where he set his ultimate trap. From his pocket, he produced a specially made set of cards, identical to the ones printed for the game. On each and every chance card read the words, Won't you take a chance on croquet? With a little heart drawn around a picture of Pegasus's lovely face. These had cost him a pretty penny, and he had to silence at least three Milton Bradley employees to keep this top-secret weapon from getting out to the public. The board was set, and the money counted. All that was left was for the guest of honor to make his appearance. They began a sharp rapping at his chamber door. He's here. And nothing more. Croquet opened the door and felt his heartbeat quicken. Pegasus was there, dressed in his brilliant red suit. His millennium eye flashed brilliantly in the evening light. (laughs) He will be mine by the end of tonight, thought Croquet. Pegasus peeked through the doorway and saw the game board in front of him. Mr. Croquet, you know I detest Monopoly. I may be a billionaire, but I abhor landlords, and I've been lobbying Congress to instate nationwide rent control for years. Said Maximilian, shaking his head. 
Croquet felt the blood drain from his face. Of course, how could I forget? He wanted to crawl into one of Pegasus's Egyptian sarcophagi and waste away right then and there. He couldn't let this spoil his evening. Well, sir, I saw this game on the shelf and thought we'd shake things up a bit. Won't you give it a chance? He said, whimpering slightly. Pegasus paused. I suppose. But don't expect me to go easy on you tonight, Croquet. Sealing his resolve, it was time for the game to begin. One property after another, the board began to fall under his control. Baltic Avenue, Vermont Avenue, Pennsylvania Avenue. The fuck kind of monopoly is this? Where's Mayfire? Disgusting. <laughs> he would gain total submission and crush Pegasus under his heel until he had no choice but to reciprocate his feelings. Four hours into the game, houses began springing up all over the board. Yet miraculously, no player had yet landed on that fateful chance spot. Railroads, utilities, and properties. But no chance cards had been drawn yet. Pegasus had just finished placing a house on Tennessee Avenue. Two of three. Almost a monopoly. You, you can, can build, build houses all you want, Maximilian. But you've already built a hotel in my heart. His pulse was pounding, his face flushing as he began his turn dangerously close to the chance spot that would force a confession. He rolled a three and two. Damn it! He had just barely passed it. Noticing his right-hand man's demeanor, Pegasus began to chuckle. What's the matter, Croquet Boy? Getting nervous about my expert gamer strategy? Pegasus rolled the dice and the light flashed off his Millennium Eye. Could he be using his eye to read my feelings? Thought Croquet, sweating like Enyama. <laughs> <laughs> Jordan, you know our weaknesses. Fuck off. He landed on Kentucky Avenue. That's cheating. Uh, where are we? Okay. Looks like you're staying in one of my houses tonight, Maximilian. Left croquet. Pay up. Pegasus reluctantly handed him his wad of faux cash, and the game continued. If he rolled a one on his next turn, it would be a time for a big confession. His heart beating ever faster, Croquet rolled the dice. He looked on in horror at the snake eye staring back at him. Doubles, roll again. Commanded Maximilian, sipping his box cabernet. Ever the Monopoly expert, Croquet was familiar with this rule. He missed the chance space, but he was hurtling his way towards Park's place. Hurtling toward victory. He grabbed his top hat for good luck and rolled again. Snake eye. He was sweating bullets. One more double and it was off to jail. He would not pass go. He would not collect $200. And the only cards that he could get him out of jail free were resting comfortably in his coat pocket, out of play from the actual game. It would spell the death of his plans. Careful, dear Croquet. You wouldn't want to be caught speeding, would you? Chuckled Pegasus, causing Croquet to blush. He must know what I'm up to. I have to do this. I have to land in the chance space and tell him how I feel. There could be no doubles. This was his last chance. He picked up the dice and rolled them with a passionate shout. And onto the floor they went. I told you we should have rolled them in the box, you foolish man. Don't touch them. We'll call them as they landed. Said Pegasus teasingly. Blushing a furious crimson, on the verge of full-on cardiac arrest, Croquet leaned down under the table. And what he saw nearly caused him to faint. A pair of twos. He was going to jail. It was over. With a snap of his fingers, Pegasus summoned a dozen guards into the game room, each armed with industrial illusions brand invisible finger guns. <laughs> it looks like you've lost this game, dear friend. Do not pass go. Do not collect two hundred dollars. 
Croquet was frozen from shock as the guards restrained him and began dragging him towards the dungeons. Lock him up again! Cried Pegasus with a sinister sneer. As they dragged the stunned, besuited <laughs> man into the dungeons, he heard the heavenly voice once more. What a game it was, Croquet. And I didn't even use my Millennium Eye. But worry not, my friend. I'll put the game away for you. Croquet screamed in horror as Pegasus began to put away the pieces, the cards, the houses, the hotels, the dice, and just as the guards dragged him out of sight, he saw Pegasus pick up the chance cards and begin to read. <laughs> I'm gonna faint! <laughs> oh my god. Oh. <laughs> Holy Jordan shit. Is on... Jordan, I thought I was on another oh, level of man. content yeah. creation, but Jordan is Jesus. out here doing... The devil's work. Jo Jordan, like Angelina Jolie, covered the serotonin bullet brains. <laughs> oh my god. Oh god. Okay, so after reading those four things, I like I literally cannot bring myself to choose one that is best. So can we just like deal the deck of cards? I, I yes, no, absolutely. And just send one to each. I love all of our our yeah, viewers. I, refuse to pick a winner. I love all of our listeners equally. Well, I don't hope no one's viewing us. That would be very You're very right. scary. I'm viewing you. Yeah, we. That is true. No, yeah, I I refuse to pick. I have all the cards, so like I will. Yeah, I will divvy them up accordingly, like randomly, and I will send them out to all four winners because yeah that's the prize we drew on a bunch of cards we put way less effort into this than you did i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> yeah we basically just drew we basically just drew a dick and balls on like a bunch of Yu-Gi-Oh monsters and you're gonna and you're gonna get these fucking cards whether you want them or not uh i do feel like we should give each fanfic like its own little award such as uh dirk dammit's award for most accurate uh replication of the fanfiction.net <laughs> era yeah that's oh god <laughs> don't oh, like don't read so good. Cass, uh i'm i'm giving cassidy the most most targeted <laughs> fan, <laughs> most targeted host yeah, award yeah. i'm uh Giving uh, Jordan the award for best romantic comedy. Best what? Say that. Romantic right? comedy. So I'm, gonna, uh, okay. I'm gonna give Morg the award for most tantalizing AU. Mm. Yeah, dude. I want to read a, a like. Yeah. Yeah. I would like a I, I would like that to drop before the winds of winter, please. Uh, I want to. I want to give Cass the reward for uh, braver than any U.S. Marine yeah. for posting <laughs> on, on on an actual yeah, website. Arrested God. for posting. The legendary post hero <laughs> for actually trying. Arrested for posting. And Jordan for like yeah. uh, drawing like writing a, a very uh, thrilling gaming scene with the Monopoly. Yeah. No. I. I mean. I was way into you, it. You can know the biggest like fiction of that fan fiction was that people like actually had an exciting game. <laughs> <sighs> well, though that that wraps up listener questions. Right, I have. I yeah, right. Genuinely, thank you all so much for like interacting <laughs> yeah, with this thank... community. You like tr you I, are truly. A light I was in our lives. Uh, blown away by. I I expected uh, that. Elliot would send in a fic, and that would be it. <laughs> like that's that. I was, yeah, and I didn't even get my. my yeah, I didn't even. I I get had no ex done. expectations for this. Technically, I also sent in a fic, yeah, and we didn't read it. What? What? Oh, I demand to be read. Oh, 
Oh, will you will you uh, read it for us, please? Sure, sir? I'm not going to. I don't know where it is, but I think I can find it off the top of my head. Uh, okay. Called an ardent ship. You got it memorized. Uh, creator's note says this ship sucks and I hate it. And the fic is uh, uh, Serenity picks Honda up and ducks him in the trash. The end. The ship sucks and Serenity is. I I did seriously consider actually hey, writing like, like putting into a Microsoft Word document um, the fic I started writing when I was like sixteen, but it's a just like my displays my extremely questionable taste when it comes to this series, and B is like. The entire basis for it is just, like, the most deep spoilers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll have to, like, revisit fanfiction territory after we finish Dual Monsters, and then we can go ham on spoilers, and we won't have to censor anyone's name with the word Voldemort. I just, yeah. I love, I love one woman, and she shows up in Millennium World, so. Is it this one? Can't it is that one. <laughs> I love that woman. <laughs> Sorry, is um, Sarah still looking for that fix? All right. Yeah. I have to go make dinner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have to leave this podcast. So we're gonna yeah. need to leave. Um. Bye. Yes. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Like I said, I didn't expect you know really any submissions, but we got four of them. That's yeah. That you know that's not a ton, but that's like that. That's, that's still squared. so. That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's four yeah. more than I thought we would get. Yeah. Thank, thank you so much if you sent sent one in, or if you even like thought about writing one. Like, if, you, if you're we, because I know Love you. we did talk about making a proper website at, at kaiba online, and if we do that, can we have like a little page where we post these? Oh Absolutely. God, yes. Uh, yes, we will. I, I, I'm sorry. I said that was going to be my weekend project, but instead, I went into the basement <laughs> and like. I, I blacked out and I <laughs> made a work. You did something actually. God, Elliot, you're an icon. Thank you. I sure try. And now yeah. I'm gonna go make myself some eggs. So I'm gonna lay my fry. I'm gonna lay my frying pan face down, and end my podcast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, right, are we yeah. gonna we do just, like? We can just link tell that people where we can find us or skip that. Yeah. Yeah. You can just Ca- catch you know me on my move. Find me, you fuckers. Yeah. I place my Monopoly <laughs> chance card. I place my Monopoly chance card face down and end my AU. Norman Reedus, and never well. admit my love to Pegasus. I love you all very, very <laughs> dearly. Funky Beach. feet is dirty. <laughs> all right, <laughs> goodbye forever. All right. Till it's cool, just cool, into the mouth, nice.